The Polystory Repository is a live conversation with polyamorous people sharing their thoughts on trust, intimacy, and relationships with themselves and others. They navigate a conceptually non-monogamous life and want to share their experiences with you. These are our friends, and these are their stories. Hello, and welcome to another entry in the Polystory Repository. I am Tim. And I'm Joe. Today we will be talking with Diane, a 34 female uh, cis poly member of our community. And today we're going to be talking about communication, intimacy, and her experiences in her mid-20s into the current day as a member of the poly community. So Diane, thank you for talking to us today and giving us your perspective and putting another entry in the poly story repository. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the chance to tell, tell my story. So what in a, in a general sense, I suppose, what is your experience of polyamory? Uh, my experience of polyamory has been one, uh, for the most part, as a single woman navigating that world and navigating dating in general. And I've had lots of good experiences. I've had some not so great experiences, but really wanting coming to polyamory from the idea of finding a lot of freedom, finding a lot of independence and having polyamory be a way that I can have that in my romantic relationships. Was your first encounter with polyamory like something that you discovered for yourself and wanted to investigate? Um, it was something I discovered for myself. When I went away to college, I had what I call like a feminist conversion. I became a really rabid feminist and still am um, in the positive sense of the term and really caused me to rethink everything, gender and sexuality and relationships in particular. And I think it helps sort of being raised by a single mom on the South side. I'm, I'm black. So um, I definitely was not raised with that narrative that somebody was going to take care of me and that I was going to get married and I could quit work. So I was very much raised to believe in independence and was always looking to have independent to my relationships. And I discovered polyamory about my senior year of college. And it turned out a floor mate college was in a triad. So I had a lot of time to talk to her and she recommended some books and I looked into it and I was like, yeah, this seems doable. I can do this. And that's sort of how I first sort of got into thinking about polyamory as a single person valuing not just their romantic relationships, but also some of my platonic friendships as well and making deep connections there. So would you say you had any kind of conflict, like trying to resolve would it what would be a mainstream monogamous thing into like a polyamorous frame or did I mean you said it felt kind of natural yeah I would say it fit it was more intellectual for me before I actually was in an open or polyamorous relationship the overthinker person that I am I want to get involved in something I do a lot of research first I look into it I ask a lot of questions and so I really had the chance to sort of wrestle with how is this going to work and how does this fit me in and what what is this thing and why am I trying to do this uh, way before I was in any kind of relationship and I think that was a really good background for me so like poly has been the entire context for your relationships then pretty much I mean I've had one monogamous relationship. I uh, guess discovered polyamory around 2003. And then from about 2008 to 2009, I was in a monogamous relationship. So I've done both. I prefer polyamory. I think I don't. So in the polyamory community, you find that there's two different, mainly two, two different types of people, people who feel like they're polyamorous by nature, very so much their sexual orientation. And people like me who very much feel like being poly is a choice. It's a relationship style that I prefer. So I didn't have a problem with monogamy. I could probably do monogamy if I really wanted to, but I'm more interested. I prefer polyamory um, because of its emphasis on honesty and communication. And it really forces you to think through things. And I like that. So what has your dating life been 
since this monogamous relationship, have you been mostly dating like other solo poly people or like what, what's, what's your jam, I guess? Um, I mean, my jam is interesting people. So I've sort of done everything from sort of being solo poly to dating a couple to now I'm in a serious relationship and uh, had a lot of different experiences. And I really value all those different experiences and all those different relationships. Would you say that your experience of polyamory has changed you? I think that it has. I think that when we talked earlier about like the skills that you learn, um, essentially what we're talking about in polyamory is sort of communicating better, relating to people better, um, in a lot of ways sort of being a better person, more honest, being more upright with how we feel. And it certainly has had an effect on the people in my life, the things that I will tolerate, the things I won't tolerate. Um, and I think the practice of being better communicator, being better really runs into part of what I want to see everybody do. I think that polyamory skills are something that everybody can learn from, not just poly people. I, like, I think a lot of monogamous people would benefit from emphasizing communication skills and honesty. It changes how you see the world. Like once you realize how functional it is to be honest, it becomes very confusing. Some of the mainstream stuff that happens or in movies where you see plots of movies where you're like, just talk about it, it'll be fine. Yeah, all romantic comedies will be solved by cell phones and polyamory. <laughs> Yep. And Google yes. Calendar. And Calendar. Everybody's cool. happy. There's no more moving. One of the assumptions is that poly people live this lifestyle that allows them to have their cake and eat it too. You, you, someone might look at the lifestyle and say, well, of course they're happy. They get all of their needs met. Um, what, what, is, what is something to kind of balance that point out? Um, I mean, the trick with having your cake and eat it too is that you still have to bake the damn cake, right? There's still <laughs> work that goes into that cake. Um, it doesn't just show up on your doorstep. And so I would say the counterbalance to that is that it actually is relationship work. I don't think that polyamory is better than monogamy. I think we work more for what we want. I think we have to out of necessity. And I also like you can have what you want, but you can't have it all at once. So there's always compromises and sacrifices that come with talking to other people who have needs that are just as valid as yours and having to decide how much of yourself you want to compromise and give away and what you can live with and what your hard limits are and um, being willing to go into places that are not fun sometimes. I have been doing polyamory, like I said, since 2003 or 2004, and I still struggle with insecurity. Every relationship is different. And so things that cause you insecurity in a relationship can be, is not the same thing that caused me insecurity 10 years ago. What are your hopes for relationships? Like, for in in the future, what what is what are the kinds of relationships you hope to create? Um, that's a good question. I will be turning thirty five this year, and as you get older, you start thinking more in long terms. Like I cannot, you know, be in my twenties forever. I'm not in my twenties. Who's going to take care of me when I get old? I don't have kids. You know, I'm not going to have kids. Um, who's going to be there in the old folks' home with me tearing stuff up? And um, I really want to, looking to create friends and friendships and relationships that feel sustainable and that will be that support system for me um, as I get older and, and you know, um, do old folks things, I guess. Kind of like Golden Girls, but with more sex between everybody in this. <laughs> That's the dream. That's the dream. <laughs> like the talking. requisite amount of wicker, but just, just sexier. Exactly, exactly. Right. Cheesecake, <laughs> lanai, orgies, you know. Like, like you do. Yeah. 
I'm going to go into the green room and, can, and compose myself. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Uh, cool down. Cool down. <laughs> um, uh, so how out are you with, the, with polyamory? I'm pretty out. Uh, my mom knows. I would say anybody who's been my friend in the last five to 10 years knows. Um, I'm pretty out at work, even though it's a sort of a conservative environment. I work for a religious organization and all my immediate coworkers who um, work with me every day know, or they know I'm in an open relationship. And that was a very deliberate strategy on my part to be open. And the, one of the decisions that I made, particularly when I was going through my feminist conversion and questioning everything was that I want to be who I am. I don't want to have to hide who I am. And it's really important to me to, if I'm going to be honest, to be honest. And when my coworkers are asking me about my weekend, I I'll tell them, hey, my boyfriend and I did this, and then I had a date the other day. Um, and for the most part, they've been very welcoming, and I see a couple of raised eyebrows and people ask me some follow-up questions, but I haven't gotten any really negative reaction from any of my coworkers. And I, I attribute that to, in large part, to a lot of work that the polyamory community in general has been doing. At least when I say open relationship, people know what that is um, and have a general idea of what that is. And um, I think with the poly community, we've been doing a lot of work over the last 10, 20 years to make that a reality. And your reactions with your family have also mm -hmm. been positive? No, they have not. So I accidentally outed myself to my mom at some point when I told her that my boyfriend I was dating at the time was going to his girlfriend's house for a party. And she was like, I thought you were his girlfriend. And I was like, I am. Um, but here's his other girlfriend. And, and she kind of had a real big freak out moment about it. She was like, oh my God, you're turning into a Mormon. He's going to have like a hundred wives. You're going to have like a thousand babies. This is terrible. Why would you do this to yourself? She just kind of freaked out and hung up, hung up on me. And um, we've had some chats about it every now and then. She still is not a big fan of it, but I'm so honest with her when she calls and asks me what my weekend was like, and I will tell her who I've been spending time with. And mostly, mostly she'll just like change the conversation because she doesn't like it. But she's aware that it happens, and um, she knows me enough of, of my personality, know how stubborn I am, and once I've decided to do something, that I'm going to do it. So um, I don't get too much pushback from it. It's just I can. She, she she's open about telling me she doesn't like it, and that's perfectly. You know, I want to hear that opinion. It's perfectly valid for those feelings that she has, and I respect that, but I'm not going to stop doing what I want to do. Um, my sister also had a very negative reaction to it in terms of um, her belief that, well, if my boyfriend was sleeping with somebody else, I'd rather not know. And obviously, as a polyamorous person, I don't agree with that. And so that my family is aware of it, and they don't like it, but at the same time, they've never not ostracized about it. I can still go home and visit. And I can even still sort of talk a little bit about it and they'll let me know when they don't want to hear anymore. And I respect that. But uh, so I've been very fortunate, I think, in having mostly good experiences and coming out to people. Yay, good experiences. <laughs> Only we could all have them. <laughs> um, I, I want to add something to what I said earlier in terms of you talked about how polyamory has changed you. Yeah. And I want to talk specifically, I was thinking about the leadership role I've taken in polyamory communities. I'm mostly a very quiet, sort of introverted person. Um, but one of the things about discovering polyamory, like one of the first things I did when I decided this is something I wanted to do was, I need to talk to other people. I need to organize a poly group so I can have other people who know about this thing and talk about it with them. And that was... Oh, 
like I said, early 2000s, and I've sort of been involved in poly communities in every city where I've lived since then. And currently in my role with a Chicago, uh, Chicago Polyamory Connection as a host of the Cocktail Hour and as somebody who facilitates the Poly Newbie Discussion Group, um, really taking on that leadership role isn't something I would have envisioned for myself, but my need to talk about somebody and wanting to create community and being a part of community all stems from being poly. And like, this is, I had this need, I need to go get it met this way by doing this kind of activism. And that's not something that I would normally do or would have seen myself doing probably before polyamory. Yeah, I was, I was, one of the questions that I actually had scribbled down was how, how important was it, you said in the beginning that you had someone who was in a triad and you were able to talk to about like with these experiences and like these ideas it's it's so important when i hear about people who are like poly or doing open relationships and they're not involved in the community i call that doing polyamory without a net it's so important to have that support network of people who can give you feedback oh i'm experiencing this in my relationship is this good is this bad is this i mean do you have any advice for me and not trying to do it all by yourself um and i find that very helpful and also like the recognition that polyamory is something even though it's becoming more mainstream it's weird right like i like having other people to talk who are doing this weird thing too and it helps create a sense of normalcy um, and, and I think it can help with the stigma and the shame that's around it for people that can't be open in other contexts. In terms of me personally, uh, because I'm a big nerd and I love hearing people's stories. I was a journalist for a couple of years in a newspaper. So I love hearing people's stories and I love hearing people talk about their stories. And, you know, polyamory is a good excuse to get people to, to tell their story. And um, you can use that as a lens to talk about relationships in general or gender or sexuality or, or boundaries. And so it, it's an important for me to have that feedback and to have that soundboard as well as just because I'm not Has being a better communicator helped you in intimacy? Are, are you finding that being in a poly relationship and being able to communicate your needs allows you to experiment? And would you be able to give us an example of that? I would say in general, yes. Being a better communicator has definitely made me more, more, more intimate and more willing to share my experiences with people. One of the I think main differences of being single and being in like a serious relationship is that when you're single and you're like upset, you can stay that way for like days and days and days and you don't have to talk to anybody, which I like. But when you're in a significant relationship, eventually at some point you have to sit down and with this person that you're living with and be like, hey, this is why I was not talking to you last night or whatever. And that can be really difficult to, to have that conversation. And certainly more than once, my partner has had to call me out on that. Like, no, we need to talk about this now. You've had two days. We need to figure this out. So it makes me more um, willing to have those difficult conversations. Polyamory, there can be so much going on that it can be very difficult to stay in a rut. Something is always happening. Something is always changing and having to be prepared for that and, and having your your agreements or rules or whatever you want to call them being flexible enough to handle change. So um, one of the preconceptions maybe about polyamory is that, you know, that how do you deal with jealousy? Oh my God. Or, you know, you totally don't get jealous. So tell me about how you totally don't get jealous at all. Oh, but I do get jealous and people get jealous. I, I, I think that jealousy is a natural human emotion and everybody has felt some sort of envy at other people at some point in their lives, even if it's not in a romantic context, even if it's just, I really, really, really admire Beyonce and all the money that she makes that I will never have. So, I mean, so it, to me, jealousy and envy are sort of natural human emotions. So the issue isn't, the issue really is how you're going to deal with it. And I think polyamory, we, we think about how to deal with jealousy. We talk about how to deal with jealousy. We process jealousy. We treat it just the same as any other emotion. Um, if you knew somebody who was angry, we have anger management, right? We, we acknowledge that even though anger can be a very powerful emotion, you can still learn to manage it and deal with it. And jealousy is the exact same way. 
All right. So tell me about all the all the jerks that you dated. The dish. <laughs> let's let's do this. <laughs> I've actually mostly been very very lucky, and in, um, in that, other than my really disastrous first relationship, I learned so much about what dicks are and what they look like and how they act and how they behave that I've managed to mostly avoid them for the long part. Um, so most of the people that I've dated have actually been very, very nice people. Usually if I'm in an emotional funk, I can usually recognize that it's me and my emotional interpretation of the situation. And I can have my like petty tantrum in my journal or whatever. But like when I'm actually sitting down to talk to the person, usually I'm calm enough that we can actually have a really good conversation about it. And recognizing that most of the stuff that I'm upset about or that I get insecure about is, is me and my experience. It reflects me and my experience and not necessarily that other people are doing that to me on purpose or triggering me. Like I, it's my own experience. It's interpreting what they're doing. I don't know too many bad people. I think part of that is that I've also tended to date people, date people in my circle already. So people who are my, our acquaintances or people that we have friends in common. And I think it's usually somebody that I've known or met before, or they know somebody that I can ask, hey, is this a nice person? Is this somebody that, um, you know, is decent and, and you know, treated with respect? And so um, I haven't had too many, too many, yeah, I've been pretty good. The classic pre-dating, dating. dating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Having somebody vetted is pretty cool. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> So here, here's one you might not want to answer. What what has been your biggest mistake in poly relationships? What has been my biggest mistake in poly relationships? Oh yeah, I think my biggest relationship, my business, biggest mistakes often come from, uh, as you may have guessed, I'm a very intellectual person. I tend to overthink things. And sometimes I don't always include the other person that I'm having thoughts about, especially if it's some, uh, an insecurity issue or, or no, an insecurity issue where I can have all these thoughts and have all these, um, oh, this is terrible, oh, this relationship's not going to work, this isn't going to turn out well. And instead of just talking to the people who are involved and really working out an issue with, with whoever's involved, I'm very right about what I feel like I'm right about. And having to actually like listen to other people and listen to this is why they did that and Figuring out, separating my very intense emotional reaction from what they did uh, can be very difficult for me. Um, so what would be like your, your primary, if you had to say one thing to someone who has either just learned about polyamory or thinking about like being more engaged in this kind of relationship, um, what would be like the most important piece of advice you could give someone? Know yourself. I think that because we often view polyamory as something that like couples do. A lot of people don't do their work as an individual to know what their limits are, what their boundaries are, what their needs are, what their triggers are, um, how, do they, how to have difficult conversations. But to me, polyamory is a lot of self-work first, and then it's about your relationship with yourself first, and then your relationship with other people. Is, is there anything you want to add in, Diane? I will say, and I didn't get a chance to talk about this explicitly, is one of the things that I really value about the poly community is that it's a very feminist community. A lot of our leaders are women, and the values that we have in terms of honesty and communication and consent um, very much come from feminist views of sexuality, and I really value that aspect of polyamory as well. Well said. Yay, feminist thought. Right. <laughs> So Diane, thank you for talking to us today and giving us your perspective and 
putting another entry in the Polly Story repository. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the chance to tell, tell my story. So that wraps up this episode of the Polly Story Repository. Thanks very much for spending a couple of minutes with us and Diane. Uh, we, I, I would like to thank Tim for being on the call with me. Oh, well, thank you. And I would like to thank Joe for totally covering up all of my mistakes in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> ah, all right. Thanks very much for listening.